The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game in parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 to win $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Howdy-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 235, we're up to already. Uh, this one, let's send it out to my co-host's favorite baseball team, the Philadelphia Phillies, who are only two wins away from winning the World Series, and that will definitely warm my co-host's heart, his cold, cold heart. He, like, like I said, he's a uh, closeted Phillies fan, I just outed him uh, on that. But this is not a baseball podcast, as we've said many times before. This is the MMA podcast. More specifically this week, this is the UFC Fight Night podcast, as most of our episodes are. Uh, we have a Fight Night, Rodriguez, or sorry, Hodhiguez. I messed it up already. Hodhiguez versus Lemos um, going down this weekend from the UFC Apex, as per usual. Um, I'm going to bring in my co-host now without giving him too much to riff on. Uh, you may know him as the Gumby God. If you follow his picks and he wins you money, you you, uh, you bow to the altar of the Gumby God. It's the Daniel Vreeland, Danny V, Gumby, whatever you want to call him. Here he is. Hello. So you did give me something to work with. You you messed up a pronunciation before we even really right got right away. <laughs> it's Rodriguez Lemos, right? That's what that's what, Rodriguez Lemos is what. I, is what I'm sure that. there will be more than one announcer saying rodriguez and lem lemos oh, yeah you uh, think it'd be lemos not lemos uh yeah uh, yeah i, I, I like I lemon it'll be lemos lemos you're right lemos especially if it's dc and i think i saw we got the esteemed team of of dc and cruise this weekend which by oh, the way god those I guys will be listening stuff. Yeah, those guys love each other. It's a good idea to keep putting them out. I also saw, I mean, you might have heard this as well, um, or maybe you didn't because you don't. When when they kick it over to the desk and there's usually like uh, Karen Bryan and Anthony Smith yep. saying something fairly intelligent. This time instead, do you want to take a stab <laughs> at who will be there? No, but it's not something not gonna be someone intelligent the way you're you're uh, headed <laughs> the way this is headed. So go right ahead and tell. I want I want you to think about like maybe your top top two or three worst options you you don't have to say them out loud you can just keep them in your head if you want um and now i'm gonna tell you the answer is juliana pena oh yes i did see that yeah she's <laughs> she's a, another one of those galaxy brains that's great yeah this will this will go this will work very well i will say she's done she's done play by play or color i can't remember yeah. which one for kombache when i was right. watching one time and it wasn't awful, but I will say I, I do think I like her much better uh, commentating on fights that are happening as they're happening than I think I would uh, an analytic lens. Uh, yes. Because some of the things I've heard her say, especially like here's the part that bothers me the most about her. It's like in the Ultimate Fighter house, anytime she was like talking to one of her fighters about a fight, a lot of times, and maybe they just don't show the actual technical breakdown. A lot of the times her breakdown was like, you have the willpower. And it was like, <laughs> you can have more than that, though, because it's uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, a bit more than that would would definitely uh, definitely help out. So we lost one of our favorite guys off this card, um, Jelton Almeida. How many fights has he had fall off? It's it's ridiculous amount of fights. But he, he lost his fight with Max and Grisham. Was it Grisham that pulled out? Yeah, Grisham pulled out again. Never and, Almeida. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, but I will say so so far, uh, he was he's been canceled four times, but it's with yeah. the same two opponents. Um, because he was supposed to debut against Max and Grishin, uh, okay, yeah. right after he came off of uh contender series. Oh no, that's not that's not true. He actually had one with Danilo Marquez. That was his debut. But his second fight was supposed to be against Maxim Grishin. Um, and then he pulled out, and that's why he fought Parker Porter, which was up at heavyweight, and that like yeah then proceeded to keep him up at heavyweight where he was supposed to fight Abdurakimov. That fight failed. He had to fight a late replacement who is then down a weight class, which is a weird move. And then since then has had fights canceled with, get this, Abdurakimov and Grishin again. Yeah. Um, and now he's booked to fight Abdurakimov again. He is. He is. Yeah. It, and he's a guy who can fight at two different weight classes. You think he'd have no trouble finding fights at light heavyweight or heavyweight, but no. Instead, he's getting weird catchweight fights that fall through in the uh, anyhow. So yeah, it's a shame. Yeah, I I think it's it's partially just that they they want to move him forward. Like yeah. him beating the shit out of Anton Turkali. Like what does that do for him? Like yeah. nothing. So like they got to find somebody like an Abdurakimov that he can build his name off of. Yep. Well, his name is definitely getting built up here because we're we're always talking about him, even though. He, uh, he constantly is having fights fall through. So that fight fell off. And then obviously our, our original main event was supposed to be Bryce Mitchell versus Mavzar. Ebolev, that fell off. Uh, there was rumors of good, it was going to be Mitchell and Ilya Topuria. Ilya, excuse me, Topuria. But that um, that actually is going to happen. But that's what, UFC 280? Is that happening yet? Some yeah. Coming up. yeah. 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 It's the one in um, January, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Because the UFC is all about loading up the pay-per-views and they don't really care too much about the, the fight nights. But regardless, we get 12 fights on this card. Uh, some decent fights, decent matchups. We are going to break down the seven fight prelims. We better get jumping then if we're doing seven fights here. Seven fight, fight prelims this episode. We And then we'll do the main card next episode. Give us some room to stretch out. And uh, Gumby always has good long-winded analysis of, of fights so well, we don't want to cut him short ever and we don't want to make you listen for five hours either so th- that's why we break it into two so uh before we jump into it i'm going to tell you about of course WinBet. they're always there in our corner supporting us ready to win money and boost your odds WinBet is now live in arizona colorado indiana louisiana michigan new jersey new york tennessee and virginia we're bringing the excitement to win las vegas to online sports betting and casino play Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern. During WinBet Win Hour marquee games games of the week, we'll have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. There's so much to choose from. And all you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Plus, the Sports Gambling Podcast, that's us. 
is giving you a chance to win your choice of either an autographed Lawrence Taylor or autographed Brian Dawkins jersey. Contest is completely free to enter. All you have to do is head over to that YouTube place, youtube.com slash, here's the important part, sports gambling podcast. So youtube.com slash sports gambling podcast. Comment on a video and each video you, uh, that you comment on is a chance to win in the contest. And make sure you turn your notifications on so when so you don't miss out when we announce the winner because it could very well be you and you wouldn't want to miss out on that. All right. <clears throat> don't want to miss out on some winners this week either because we have... As I mentioned, a fight night, UFC fight night, Rod Higas versus Lamos. Uh, uh, UFC fight, UFC Vegas 64 is called in some some quarters. Uh, it's going down this Saturday, November 5th. Main uh, prelims, excuse me, 4 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus. Main card, 7 p.m. Eastern, ESPN Plus. Start off with women's bantamweights. The debut in Tamiris Vidal versus Ramona Pasquel, the She's still in the UFC, girl. Tell you about Pasquale first. She's six and four, four knockouts, one submission. She's been knocked out once, submitted once. 0-2 in the UFC, 1-0 in Victa. Used to fight up at featherweight. That's where her UFC, well, at least one was both both of her fights featherweight. We looked that up last show, and I can't remember. She she fought both of them at featherweight for okay. sure. Yep. Um, two inches taller than Vidal, plus 120. Uh, Vidal's nickname's Tratora. Do you know what Tratora is, Dan? Yes, that's tractor. Yes, I guess the female tractor, because Tritor is tractor. Like, um, oh yeah, Tiago Tritor. Yes. So I guess they have a female tractor too. Is that why? Yeah, they're doing I, it? I mean, <laughs> I mean, there there are uh, there are gendered nouns in different languages. It's not a it's not an English thing, but it, it no. is a yeah. It shows up in other languages. There you go. So she's a female tractor. She's six and one. That might be a good title, actually. Female tractor. Okay. Just in case, I need a, a an extra title for here. Um, all right, Vidal is six and one with two submissions. She's been submitted one time. This is her debut, as I mentioned. She's uh, coming in on the strength of five straight wins, mostly against pretty solid competition uh, as well. Uh, she won her last fight via submission. She used to fight at featherweight as well. She was a regional champ. Don't have reach info for her yet. What we'll wait till the UFC gets their hands on or gets their tape measures on her. Uh, she's ten years younger than Pasquale, minus one forty. Yeah, so to, to your point about uh, Vidal's strength of schedule, it, it has been very good. You know, she fought yeah, especially Carol. for like Brazil, Brazil regional stuff can be kind of sketchy. But her yeah, well, and, and I I think some of it is too because if you look, not all of it is Brazilian. Um, she she fought um the the one who's on PFL there, Jen, Jandaroba or J, J, not Jandaroba, Jindrova, um, Martina Jindrova. She fought her yeah. in the Czech Republic. Um, so she she has like traveled around to fight to make sure she wasn't like strictly a Brazilian regional style fighter. Um, and as a result, she's fought people like Carol Hosa, uh, who is her only loss. She fought Jindrova, who I mentioned, that Aileen Perez, who had just made her debut in uh, the UFC, although uh, very unsuccessfully in looking best for featherweight in the world. Yeah, she's not. Um, <laughs> and then like her last fight was a very impressive win over a boxer in LFA. Uh, so so she has got a lot of chops. But let me tell you something that I noticed in watching her fight in LFA. And this this is going to make a lot of people, you know, pump the brakes just a little bit before you look at negative 140 and you're like licking your chops. She gasses. She gasses and she gasses hard and she gasses early. Um, and the reason is is because she loads up on her punches a lot. Um, if you watch that last fight with uh, Quayla Braga, who is in LFA and she's a former professional boxer and a, a damn good one, 
the entire first round is them slinging hands along with like the odd failed takedown attempt or two. And, and Vidal, she doesn't look like she's getting outclassed on the feet. She's definitely getting beat, right? Braga is the better boxer and she was an actual boxer and she's outboxing her. But like Vidal is bringing heat. And when she does land, it looks like it lands hard. And then the second round comes around and she just looks completely out of it. She looks tired. She looks exhausted. By some miracle, she winds up in a takedown. She gets mount on a boxer who doesn't have a lot of MMA experience. And like that boxer, like slowly shrimps her way back to being in like a half guard or maybe even close to a full guard. And luckily for Vidal, she falls back on a heel hook that the boxer just doesn't know what to do with. She can't get out of it. She it's not particularly deep, but she still like freaks out and makes it worse. And Vidal wins the fight. So while I don't like Pasquale enough to pick her, and I'm not going to pick Pasquale here, I'm going to pick Vidal, but I do want to give everybody who's like licking their chops and like hot 24 year old prospect with multiple finishes on her record going in there to fight, you know, the UFC's punching bag. Remember that Pasquale is very durable. Like she took a ton of huge punches from Josie Nunez. She wound up in some bad positions. She survived those. I do think there's a chance Pasquale just like survives and looks better in the late rounds because Vidal is going to gas out if she doesn't finish this in the first. Yeah, Pasquale does not get finished too often. She's been finished twice in 10 fights. So she's durable. I will give her that. She's also very, very not good. Um, <laughs> and Vidal is 10 years younger. So give me Vidal. But I will take your um, your warning uh definitely before I consider this as a recommended play come tomorrow's episode. So we shall see. All right, let's move on to flyweights. Carlos Candelario versus Jake Hadley. Candelario, the cannon, is 8-2, and two, two knockouts, three submissions, never been finished in a fight, 0-1 in the UFC, 1-1 on the contender series. He won a fight, didn't get a contract, lost a fight, got a contract. So there you go. Um, used to fight at Bantamweight. He's an inch taller than Hadley. He's twice more active landing strikes based on their UFC and contender series fights. He was, he's, he, however, he has been outstruck by his UFC and contender series opponents by almost a strike a minute. It's 0.93, is, uh, minus 0.93 is his strike differential. Uh, the number on the boards for him is plus 220. Uh, Hadley, the White Kong, or just White Kong, actually, no the. He's 8 and 1, two knockouts, four submissions, never been finished in a fight, 0 and 1 in the UFC, 1 and 0 in contender series, was the Cage Warriors champion, was also regional champion, 1 and 0 in Bellator, two inches reach on Candelario, five years younger. He's been outstruck over his UFC and contender series fights by 0.26 strikes per minute, minus 275. I'll give uh, a pick Hadley in this one. We're chalking up his UFC debut uh, as just octagon jitters because he was he has been quite impressive throughout his career up to that point. Candelario, not so much. Um, so I'll, I'll take the bigger, younger, more talented uh, Jake Hadley in this one um, easily. Thank you. Yeah, I'm going to take Jake Hadley, too. Um, and, and I'll say this. E- even if you weren't to chalk up his loss against Alan Nascimento to ring rust or jitters or whatever you want to call it, like, I still think his body of work, even with that fight, gives me enough faith with Candelario. Candelario is a guy who has been really terrible defensively wrestling, um, really bad. If you go back to his first Contender Series fight, he gave up eight takedowns to Ronaldo Candido. Um who's a, 
you know, not a bad grappler, but certainly not a good one either. Um, and then obviously, you know, like the Tatsuya Tara fight, he, he just looked out of his element on the ground and he did defend takedowns a little bit better there, but I really think Jake Hadley is going to have like a massive advantage when it comes to wrestling. We saw Ham, Hadley like manhandle Mitch Raposo on the mat in uh contender series. I mean, he even got some of his wrestling going against Luke Shanks back in Cage Warriors, which, you know, we talked about Luke Shanks on Sunday uh, being a guy we like. So, yeah, I I think Hadley, even if you weren't going to say that it was, you know, mostly a fluke that he lost that first fight, I I still got him here. I I still think he's going to handle Candelario. Yep. Younger, more talented. Uh, He is my pick, as I said. Uh, Move on to Bantamweights. Ludovic Shalinian versus Johnny Munoz Jr., Shalinian nickname Palmerios, Palmeiros, Palmeiros. I don't know what it means, and I guess Dan doesn't either. I do not know. Okay, we'll just leave it at that then. Uh, he's nine two and one, one knockout, three submissions. Never been finished in a fight. Oh one in the UFC. Oh one in Bellator. One and one in the Ultimate Fighter. He's an inch taller than Munoz. He's been outstruck over. Uh, actually, it was just one fight. His UFC, de- UFC debut. Short notice debut, mind you. He was outstruck by almost five strikes a minute. 4.86 in the negative is his strike differential. Plus 195. Kid Cavembo is Munoz's nickname. He's 11 and 2. Two knockouts, seven submissions. He's been knocked out once. One and two in the UFC. He's got a loss, win, loss. So he's due for a win, according to my math. Uh, he did get knocked out his last fight. He used to fight up at Featherweight. Three years younger than Michelle Lydian. Striking stats in his favor, and he's over two times more active landing strikes. But we're talking very small sample size for Shalinian. Uh, Munoz's strike differential in his UFC fights uh, in the positive. He's outstruck his opponents by 1.35 strikes per minute. Grappling stats are in his favor as well, minus 245. Yeah, I'm going to go with Munoz here. I, I think the thing we've seen about Shalinian, both in his time on The Ultimate Fighter and in the UFC, is just like if he can be out wrestled or have his wrestling stuff, he he's a fish out of water. And I think Johnny Munoz has got that in spades here. Like Johnny Munoz is a guy who went toe to toe grappling with Nate Manis, who we'll talk about a little bit later on. I think if he can go toe to toe with Nate Manis, I don't think Shaolinian's going to give him any trouble. Um, so yeah, I I think the grappling's there for Munoz. I actually think he's probably a better striker than Shaolinian. Like he's just going to outclass him in every part of the game here. So give me Johnny Munoz. Yep, I'll take the younger, more talented uh, finisher. He finishes fights as well. So give me Munoz. I, even though Shaolinian did get a dealt a bad hand to begin his career, short notice, Jack Shore, and all that, but but still, um, taking them to lose here again. Uh, move on to. The ladies, again, we got four female fights on this uh, fight night, which is nice. Um, women's strawweight, Pollyanna Vienna versus Jin Yu Fry. Uh, we will tell you about the veteran Fry first. 11 and 7, one knockout, two submissions. She's been knocked out twice, submitted once. Two and three in the UFC. She lost her last fight, but it was very controversial. Um, split decision. Um, all people in the know basically thought she won the fight. Uh, she was 7-2 in Invicta and the champion there. She has missed, uh, that was at Adam Weight. She has missed weight in the past. I believe that was at Adam, Adam Weight as well. I don't think she's going to miss weight up at Strawweight. She's been outstruck over her five USC fights by a strike a minute, minus 1.01 to be exact, plus 120 the number on her. Vienna, Dama de Ferro, which means, Dama do you remember? De Ferro. Uh, d- d- it's got to be, d- I don't know, Fire, Fire Iron, Woman? Iron Lady. Iron Lady. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like uh, Marina Moroz's. An iron, an iron thing too, is she not? Yeah, she's she's the iron lady. 
Yes. All right. Well, Vienna's the Iron Lady as well. Uh, 12 and 5, four knockouts, eight submissions. So she's finished all of her wins. She's been submitted one time, three and four in the UFC. She's, however, however, she's gone two and one over her last three, but she did lose her last fight. She's fight up at flyweight. She was a jungle fight champion before this. Two inches taller, two inches of reach on Fry as well. Seven years younger. Striking stats are in her favor. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by about half a strike per minute, plus 0.56. Grappling stats in her favor as well, minus 140. Is it my turn on this one? Uh, um, uh, let me see. You did the first. Okay, it's mine. Um, as much as I like Janine Fry, I'm taking Pollyanna Vienna in this one. And I, we all thought Fry did win her last fight, but Vienna's bigger. She's younger. She's a better striker, and she finishes fights. So I like her in this fight to beat Janine Fry. I don't, and here's okay. why. Uh, she, she doesn't beat anybody she can't armbar. Um, yeah. Like, just, just straight up. Like, And I, I don't just mean that in her her last fight i mean like that's that's going back through her like time in jungle fight too like if she can't armbar you she's done and we've seen it not work on people like jj aldrich and hannah cyphers um and, and granted the most recent loss to tabitha ricci you know like that that doesn't deter me like tabitha ricci's a beast um but you know when you see it not work against hannah cyphers who who can largely just like quell your attack and make you look bad off your back and same with jj aldrich I think Jinyu Fry can copy that enough. Um, I, I think Jinyu Fry is smart enough, strong enough, um, good enough in the clinch and staying out of grappling exchanges to not wind up in those spots against Pollyanna Viana. So, like, if Viana is only winning fights she can finish, nobody's finishing Jinyu Fry. Um, and, and if you look at the last fights that have gone to decision for Pollyanna Viana, none of them have gone well. Uh, the last four fights she's fought that have gone to decision, she's lost because she just doesn't look sharp on the feet when she's on the feet and she gives up bad positions. And Jinyu Fry is somebody who takes advantage of both of those things. All right. We are differing on something for a change. So well, not for a change for uh, for this episode. So all right. That'll make it a bit more interesting watching the prelims. Let's move on to Bantamweights. In the male side, Mario Bautista versus Benito Lopez. Uh, we got Lopez, the golden boy, 10 and one, three knockouts, two submissions. He's been submitted one time. He's two and one in the UFC. He's got a loss. Uh, sorry. He's got win, loss, win. However, he's not fought since July of 2019. He was one and oh in the contender series, one and oh in Bellator, inch of height, four inches reach on Bautista. He was, out, he has been outstruck by in the UFC by minus 0.31 strikes per minute, plus 240. And Bautista, 10 and two, three knockouts, four submissions. Knocked out once, submitted once, so he's been finishing both his losses. Four and two in the UFC. He, however, he's won two straight, lost one via submission. He used to fight up at featherweight. Striking and active striking stats are in his favor, meaning he lands more strikes. That's what the active one means. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.31 strikes per minute. He's got grappling stats in his favor as well over Lopez. Minus one, sorry, I wish it was one. Minus 305. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Mario Batista here uh, and pretty comfortably, too, because here's here's the fact about Benito Lopez is that even before Benito Lopez had this ridiculously long layoff, which is already making me want to fade him, right? Like he's been gone for three years, even before this three year layoff from Benito Lopez, he had issues with the grappling. He got out badly out grappled by Manny Bermudez, wound up being submitted very quickly in that fight. And if you want to go back to his time on Contender Series, he did win against Steven Peterson, but was like largely on his heels for a lot of that fight and had been taken down a couple of times. 
he wound up winning a split decision in that case because of the amount of time he spent off of his back. The thing we know about Mario Batista is he's not only got dynamite in his hands, but he's shown that he is very adept at the ground, right? Like we saw him beat the hell out of Jay Perrin there. We saw him submit Brian Kelleher in no time. You know, like he is exceptional on the ground. The only two losses he's had, he got caught by Corey Sanhagen in an armbar as he took him down and he got popped by Trevin Jones in the early part of the second round. So unless somebody goes out there and kind of like surprises him and finishes him, he's not losing fights either. And then here we have Benito Lopez, a guy who hasn't finished anybody in like half a decade. So like, it's really hard for me to lean with Benito Lopez here, knowing his problems with grappling and knowing the fact that Mario Batista has just got all of the things that usually give him trouble. Yep. I'm not taking a guy who's been out for three years and I think Batista is better than him to begin with. So Batista is the pick. Back to the women now. Women's flyweight, Miranda Maverick versus Shanna Young. This was originally scheduled at UFC 278, but Young ended up in the hospital with the weight-cutting issue. So um, that was quite a, quite a long time ago, but uh, they have rescheduled here. So Shanna, the Shanimal Young, 8-4, and four, two knockouts, three submissions. She knocked out once, submitted once, one and two in the UFC, won her last fight via TKO. <clears throat> Excuse me, one and one in Invicta, one and oh on the Contender Series. Used to fight at Bantamweight. Uh, was the king of the cage champion. She's four inches taller than Maverick. She'd been outstruck over her UFC career by about a strike and a half a minute, minus 1.48 strikes to be exact, plus 455. Miranda, fear the Maverick. 10 and four, one knockout, six submissions, never been finished in a fight. Three and two in the UFC. However, she's gone one and two over her last three, won her last fight via submission. She was six and two in Invicta. Used to fight down at strawweight. She's six years younger than Young. Striking stats in her favor. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by almost a strike a minute, plus 0.93 to be exact, minus 655. Don't like the number, but I like the fighter, Miranda Maverick. Going to get all physical on Young and um, dominate this fight. Yeah, I'll also add that I don't like the numbers. Um, I, I, I do. It, think... It's worse than it was. When, like I think it was like 600 when we broke it down the first time they were scheduled. Yeah, I, I think that this is a, a troublesome number in a, a bunch of different ways. Like, the the biggest one being that, like, I don't know, Shannon Young is a very physical person. So it's hard for me to just sit here and think, like, oh, you know, Shannon Young should have no problem here. Or uh, Miranda Maverick Rabbit should have no problem here because, you know, Shannon Young does pose a lot of problems. But at the end of the day, I, I just can't even imagine backing Shannon Young, even if I really wanted that plus 460 number. Because... You know, she's she's just not very good anywhere other than with her physicality. She's not even a great striker. I think Maverick can probably outstrike her if she wants to. So, yeah, give me Maverick at that number. Boom. Main event of the prelims. Featherweights, Derek Minner versus Shailen Nerdambiki. Minner, 26 and 13. He is a veteran. One knockout, 22 submissions. Three. He's been knocked out three times, submitted eight times. He's two and three in the UFC. He's lost two straight. Was a regional champion. Used to fight at bantamweight. Used to fight at lightweight. He's missed weight five times in the past. Um, 2012, he's been a pro MMA fighter since. Striking and active striking stats are in his favor over Nurdambiki. He has outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.63 strikes per minute. Grappling stats are in his favor also over Nurdambiki. Plus 175, the number on him. Nurdambiki is the Wolverine. 38 and 10. He is a veteran as well. 18 knockouts, 10 submissions. Uh, he's been knocked out twice, submitted six times. He's 2-1 in the UFC. He dropped his debut and then won two straight. Uh, used to fight at Bantamweight. Used to fight at Lightweight. Used to fight at Welterweight. 
He's an inch taller than Minner, four years younger. Minus, he's been outstruck by 1.09 strikes per minute. Uh, minus 215, the number on the Wolverine, Nerd and Mickey. My turn? Your turn. I'm going dog here. I like Derek Minner. I like Derek Damn Minner. Damn you. Oh, you're, you're riding with me again. Yeah, I, I guess it's actually good. So, yes, yeah. I feel better with Quintec. Yes, Minner, very obvious, very clear uh, grappling advantage here. Yeah, and, and so here's the thing. I, I think Shailan, and this is probably why he's going in as a favorite, Nurdiabiki has good grappling, like quite good grappling, I would add. Like if you watched him, um, the, the fight that sticks out to me is when he fought Josh Kulabau. He was having a little bit of trouble with the striking of Kulabau. He went to the grappling, and he had some really great moments. Now, he wound up losing that fight. He followed that up with just, like, manhandling Sean Soriano on the mat. But the thing that's worth noticing is, like, Sean Soriano, a dude who had lots of trouble in the UFC, actually did score two takedowns against Serdambik and and won a round. Uh, maybe the only round Sean Soriano has ever won in the UFC because he was, like, what was he, like, Owen? Was he, like, 0-5? I think he was 0-5 um, in the UFC. And then you see him turn around and he fought a guy like TJ Brown. TJ Brown, again, a grappling type dude, took him down in one round and beat him. And not only that is some of the time Nerdambik showed on the, when he was on top in the grappling, he almost got armbarred in the first round. Uh, that armbar was in tight. He had to pick up TJ Brown and kind of like shake him off and try to drop him on his head to get out of that armbar. TJ Brown is not as good of a submission threat as Derek Minner is. Derek Minner, that dude jumps on next and finishes people. You know, I, he's looked incredible doing so. He's a better grappler than people give him credit for. The dude went to the ground with Ryan Hall and survived, right? Like he chose to go to the ground with Ryan Hall. There's something to be said for that. I, I think he goes in here. He takes this fight to the ground. And I think he probably even sub Shailan. Ooh, really spicy. Dan doesn't the plus 175 is not enough for you. You're going to say it's a submission too. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be a shock. Minner's got 22 submission wins and Nerdabiki's been submitted six times. So yeah, well, we're both in on the dog here and maybe Dan tomorrow's podcast, maybe Dan will have a, a prop for you. Or, you, you, or you may, even you if it's one, not one of your recommended place, you can say. You, you might see it in there. <laughs> oh boy. We'll have to wait and see till tomorrow then, because that's all we got for you today. Let's see. A compact episode. Got it in before any kids barged in and interrupted me, which which was the key. So, all right. As I said, we'll be back tomorrow, Thursday, back in your ears with the main card, recommended place, and a two-fight parlay that's going to win you at least 10 times your money, because it's going to hit this week. Gumby guarantees it. Um, <laughs> until then, get in the Discord if you're not already. SportsGumbyPodcast.com slash Discord. It's a fun place to be. Even if uh, you don't want to talk fights, you can talk. Well, if you're listening to this, you want to talk fights. But you can talk a bunch of other stuff in there, too. Um, SGPN MMA is the Twitter account. Gumby runs for us. I'm at Jeff Fox Writer. He's at Gumby Vreeland. Read all our lovely writings on sportsgumbypodcast.com. You can read my MMA writing at moneymma.substack.com. Trying to build up the subscriber numbers there. You don't even have to pay. If you just want to get a free subscription, that is cool as well. Um, get in there. And enter the Pick'em Contest at the very least. Uh, this week, you're getting a $50 gift card to any anywhere in the world that, that you would like if you win the UFC Pick'em Contest. So get in there, have some fun. Um, and Dan's Top Turtle MMA Podcast. I haven't seen it in my feed yet this week. Who do we got on this week? 
So we're, we're actually talking with two of the guys we already talked about this week. Uh, first, I got Jake Hadley on uh, to talk about his fight with Candelario. And then we got Johnny Munoz on to talk about his fight with Ludovic Shaolinian. Good. And we picked both of them to win. So that's always convenient when that happens as well. So make sure you listen to that. Subscribe to that. Subscribe and rate this podcast as well. Obviously, give us some lovely reviews. And you can give Dan's Top Turtle some reviews, too, if you like, uh, as long as they're they're glowing reviews. All right. Uh, as I said, we will be back tomorrow, Thursday. Till then, I will remain Dama DeFerro. He will remain Kid Kavembo, Gumby Vreeland. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.